BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Blog Talk Radio. doing out there in Geek 5 Nation. This is your pal Dane. Another enticing episode of Geek 5's Live here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, We're going to be talking over some fun subjects related to comic book movies and genre films and television shows and all that in between. Okay? We're going to have a great time. Um, We'll be taking phone calls uh, probably a little bit later on, but if you want to call in, it's 929-477-3781. At that time, you'll be listening with us like you're doing now. Press 1 to join the conversation, and we'll cue you in. All right, guys, we had a good week. Lots of stuff happened with comic books. I hope you guys had a good week individually. Uh, we, we got a nice little panel tonight, so I'm going to start introducing the guys. Uh, Juwan, how's it going, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just really excited to start. Hell, yeah, that's a great answer. Is the weather good in Jersey? All over the place. Uh, it's, it's, it's heard that you guys kind of had wacky weather, you know, but. Yeah, we um, had a snow. And then, um, Kanan, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How's everybody else doing? 
Doing good, man. Kane's been working his ass off for us uh, on the social media, getting us out there. So thanks, Kane, for all your hard work. We've been having a lot of fun, uh, you know, doing this thing with you. Uh, Gerald, how's it going, man? Uh, very busy. Very, very busy. But why are you complain. Why are you busy? Well, um, supervising at AMC. Now I'm probably going to be promoted to assistant manager, so I've been putting in a lot of hours. But I can't say my pockets are as thick as my size, so I'm good. That's gross. That, that's always good. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, that's as long as that happens. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we, have a, we have a special guest. I'm going to try to hold it together, and now I'm going to screw it up. We have a special guest tonight, um, uh, Pete from Pete's Basement. Uh, he's got his own podcast. He knows a lot of knowledge on, well, shit that we like, so obviously we brought him on the fucking show. It's not stupid. Um, and uh, Pete, uh, do you want to introduce yourself to the group? Thanks for having me, fellas. Pleasure to be here. Big fan of you guys. Uh, Pete from Pete's Basement. If anybody out there in geek world doesn't know, uh, you can find us at Pete'sBasement.com. We've been at this podcast game for going on 10 years now. And proof positive, if you put it on the internet, people will find it and people will listen to it. So it's awesome, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. That means a lot. That's that's awesome. You know, uh, being a veteran uh, for 10 years, uh, what have you experienced uh, along the way uh, doing this? Best like, stuff. Uh, aside from, you know, your, your average, you know, nerd questions and who would win the fight and stuff like that. Some of the really yeah. great comments that we've gotten over the years are people who are like, you know, X, Y, Z happened in my life and I just was really unhappy and I was depressed or whatever. And, you know, then I found your show and uh, you guys got me laughing again and you got me back into comics and, you know, just thanks for that. And the idea of, you know, us idiots having that much of an impact in somebody's life is both humbling and really scary at the same time. But it's it's happened quite a few times over the years, and you know we're really just grateful for you know for stuff like that and some fans like that. We've had some really great experiences with fans over the years. That's awesome. It has to be uh, pretty rewarding. Uh, it's great to create a community. I love everyone over in Geek Vibe Nation, our world. So, and I mean we basically are part of the same world, part of this geek energy that's out there, uh, which is great. Uh, before we start the topics, one more question: Have you uh, interviewed anyone big? We've talked to quite a few people over the years. Uh, one of the first people that reached out to us was J.K. Woodward, who's worked with Peter David on uh, Fallen <laughs> Angel. And he's done a lot of stuff for IDW. He currently does ROM covers. Um, when it comes to you know going through Comic-Con, we managed to get interviews with quite a lot of people, such as uh, the creators of Paybacks, uh, which was a really great book from Image, and then moved, or Dark Horse was it, and then moved to Heavy Metal. Um, God, we even did J. Scott Campbell one time back a few years ago. We did. Awesome. Uh, oh, God. He told me to move my ass out of the basement. Uh, Tom DeFalco was probably one of our best interviews ever. <laughs> nice, <laughs> He's a man. funny dude. Yeah, man. Oh, we, we've awesome. met a lot of great talent over the years. It's been a lot of fun. Well, we are very happy to have you on, man. Uh, appreciate you taking your time. And uh, let's, let's get into this. Let's, uh, let's start talking about subjects and stuff. Joanna, do you want to go with this first subject? 
Absolutely. Um, again, thanks again, Pete, for, for joining us, man. We're definitely glad to have you. Um, but let's get into our first topic, um, Infinity War. We got a huge, huge uh, surprise yesterday from uh, Marvel. We got pretty much a video showing us the entire history from Iron Man all the way leading up into Infinity War. We got shot. We got shots of a couple of images of Iron of Tony Stark with his face. We got Rocket Raccoon with Thor wielding I don't know looks like an axe, not a hammer, or a hammer axe like he had in the Ultimate, um, which this movie universe is somewhat based off of. Um, we also got a closer look at Thanos and his downtime. Uh, <laughs> Thanos chilling in just like a t-shirt and jeans. Vin Diesel uh, and Thanos. Yeah, uh, Vin Diesel and Thanos. That was Stone Cold. Um, that was Stone Cold Thanos. Stone Cold Thanos. Stone Cold Thanos. <laughs> we That's also the got line. that. That is the bottom line because Thanos said so. We also got a live video with Robert Downey Jr where he kept referring to Tom Holland as his camera guy. Um, we also saw that Tom Holland had the digital dots on his face, so they were obviously shooting a scene with Spider-Man. Uh, we, got a, we got Anthony and Joe Russo that popped into the live video. And then the shocker of the, the night was Peter Quill, a.k.a. Chris Pratt, walking into the, uh, the live video, letting us know that this movie pretty much seems like it kicks off with the Guardians meeting the Avengers. Um, and even Kevin Feige said in the, in the little video compilation that they had that the Guardians will be in Infinity War, but that was us. Um, Dave Batista <laughs> said it like, I don't know, like how many weeks ago, and we all knew that they were all coming together. Uh, so I will say this, guys. I'll pass this around. I'll start with Joel. What was your favorite piece of everything that we got yesterday? Like the one thing that stuck out to you the most? Uh, I'll say overall it was it was a nice little thing that they did for us yesterday. Um, the whole Facebook Live with Robert Downey Jr. It's always fun to watch Robert talk about anything, really. <laughs> but, when, anything. but about Avengers: Infinity War and that cute little thing with uh, Tom Holland in the back of the camera, yeah. being the cameraman and all. I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, we all knew who it was. We didn't have to say who it was at the end, yeah. but they did. But um, my favorite part was seeing something that I haven't seen yet. I guess it was like. Uh, Thanos chilling was something I haven't seen. That's interesting. That was and that that concept art of uh, Thor and, and Rocket together is you know gives us a glimpse of what we're gonna see uh, later on. But I mean, aside from that, it was nothing we haven't. No real surprise to me. You might you might have been a little more shocked than most, but like I wasn't really shocked by anything they showed us. But yeah, that absolutely, absolutely. I'll, I'll go to you, Pete. What was your favorite out of everything we saw yesterday out of uh, Marvel? Uh, it's a tie, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a tie, actually. Uh, one, I love seeing Thanos in just, like, regular gear instead of the armor because we've seen that in the Marvel Universe before, and I'm pretty sure uh, there's an issue of Infinity Gauntlet. I think that's how it starts. Or maybe it was Infinity War, maybe it was the sequel, where he's, like, a farmer. So that was really interesting. It was kind of, like, a little nod to that. And plus, it's cool to see a villain who's, you know, all armored out and everything, like, well, he doesn't stay like that all the time. How does he pee? How does he eat? Maybe he just has to get battle ready after the fact. So that was really cool. 
Uh, and for me, I really like the concept art of Thor holding what looks like Yarnbjorn, you know, his axe, because it kind of makes me wonder what's going to happen in Thor Ragnarok that would lead to him no longer having Mjolnir. And, you know, some people are saying that we're finally going to get Better Ray Bill in on this gig, so I'm really hoping that that happens. But I like the idea of, you know, the whole unworthy Thor thing. I'm really enjoying the book. So any nod to that, I'm all for it. And, you know, let's kind of spike things up a little bit. Yeah, Thor wielding a big giant axe, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I do want to say that struck me the most. First of all, what struck me the most about that was and no one, everyone's talking about the fact that he might have the, the ultimate weapon. No one's talking about how hyped uh, the fact that he's sharing a scene with Rocket Raccoon. Right. They look like they're in an action sequence uh, in that photo. That's what's the dopest out of everything. The fact that they're sharing um, a, a battle. To, we obviously know they're all going to be fighting together, that's but that's such an unlikely pairing. I would have thought we might have seen Rocket on, on the Hulk shoulders shooting down stuff, but him with Thor, mm-hmm. that's already making my mind explode. Um Kanan, what was your favorite part out of everything Marvel dropped yesterday? I think the biggest thing I took away from it, you know, well, I mean, I, I'd say it's a tattoo. I mean, of course, the concept art was really good. It was good to see, you know, the merging of, you know, the Guardians and with the Avengers. But what I really just took away from it that I enjoyed was how excited Chris Pratt and Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. all looked to just to be in this universe, to just be a part of this. You know, while DC and Marvel fans are battling it out on Twitter and Facebook and other social media sites, I mean, they're just there having a good time. They're just there doing what they love and putting out great products for us to enjoy. So, to me, I mean, it was just good to kind of just see that these guys, you know, they're here to entertain us, and we need to just embrace that, that, you know, Put, put aside the differences and just enjoy what they're doing because they're working their asses off to give us a great product to go out here and they're having fun doing it. I mean, and that's, I think that's what's you know good as well. There doesn't seem to be any turmoil going on over at Marvel. Uh, they're all smiles. Uh, they've just, it's, it's like almost like they've built a family. And to me, I thought that was just amazing. No, absolutely. And I, I kind of want to echo what you were saying these guys are having fun. We're taking it more seriously than the guys who are actually doing it are. And what we have to realize is these guys are in these roles necessarily because they need the, the money. These guys just really love portraying these characters. Um, so we have to look at it like, you know, they're doing what they love. Just like we're watching what we love, they're making what they love. So we have to just kind of step back and relax a little bit and just be entertained, because at the end of the day, that's all this is. But um, before I pass it to you, uh, Gerald, I do want to say, now that we've seen Thor with this hammer axe thing that he has, can we go ahead and say now officially that, um, I can't remember who she's playing in in Thor Ragnarok. What's the girl's name um, in the comic? She wields this huge sword. Valkyrie. 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 Can we now now look at it like possibly – they could change it instead of Jane Foster. Valkyrie gets the hammer. Uh, I'll pass it off to you, Gerald. What are your thoughts? Um, honestly, like the whole sequence, the way they did it, um, the way they 
you know, basically introduce the, the new area and stuff like that. It's going to be dope. Like, I hope that they, um, you know, give Valkyrie the hammer and stuff like that. I mean, it, it would be crazy to see, you know, you have an unworthy hammer, uh, not an unworthy hammer, unworthy Thor, you know, trying to get back, you know, the hammer and stuff, but they give it to, uh, you know, Valkyrie. That would be something to see. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, absolutely. It could be one of those things to where, I mean, I think we're all on the same boat that Odin probably dies at the end of Ragnarok. So I'd like it to be to where Odin lets Thor know that, you know, they have a different weapon for him. You know, that there's there's something else. And Thor goes, well, what happens to Mjolnir? And they go, well, Mjolnir has to find a new person that's worthy. And at the end, you see it fly off. It flies past Thor and goes to her hand. And moving forward, she's the new Thor. You know, I I love the idea of that. Dane, give us your thoughts on on what you enjoyed. Hmm? I just it, it's similar to what uh Kaden said. Uh, it kind of reminds me of when you look at pictures when for the biographies of like uh, the first three Star Wars films, like that type of relationship between the directors and the cast, and they're always like having a good time. And I'm sure there was a lot of annoying uh, aspects to them, you know, having to be around each other. But, like, they cared about making those films. And you could tell that this cast, collectively, now coming together for the first time, really cares about the property they're working on. Uh, And that's not just the actors, obviously. Um, And it's fun. Uh, They're going to take aspects, like, you know, that I love from Infinity Gauntlet, the comics, uh, and just aspects of that and probably change it up, make it, you know, worthy for cinema and then, you know, pump it with a bunch of fun stuff and we're going to go in there. Uh, The only thing, and I don't think that Marvel really has a reputation of doing this, but I want it to be great, but I want the story to be as good as like the experience, if you will. Um, It's kind of like if I were to be talking about uh, Avengers um, Age of Ultron was a fun film but the story level that was in Civil War and mm-hmm. even um, Captain America, uh, you know, uh, Winter Soldier just seemed to be a lot more. So I want this to be fun, but I also want I, I want this to really hit home uh, because they're building up that way. So I am I have a lot of expectations, but I think they'll be meet, met. And uh, I want to know what, um, you know, Thanos is doing uh, in that picture. If he's just chilling on a beanbag, maybe – Smoking with a friend or something like that, you know, hanging out with death, uh, just trying cigarettes for the first time. We'll figure it the fuck out. But uh, yeah, that's how. That's my initial take. Um. Yeah. No. I absolutely. I I think I agree with with everyone's take because everyone's take was a little different, but it's pretty much all the same. Um. So cool. I, I'm just. How cool would it be if Valkyrie did become the new Thor? Um. Or well, just the new wielder of. Or the, the new wielder of the of the hammer, but he did say. He who holds here and there yeah. is, you know, oh. holds the might of Thor. Jawan. Yes. I forgot to like go into that. I really love that idea, actually. Of uh, and uh, what's what's the name of the actress that's playing Valkyrie? It's a Kirstie Clemens. Thompson. Clemens. Thompson. I don't remember. I forgot who the hell that is. All right. Well, anyways, regardless, I think I, I had this idea a long time ago of like eventually if she she becomes like the female Thor, I'm Thor eventually gets it back or whatever, but. And then she falls in love with um, Black Panther, and it's kind of like a not really storm, but kind of like has that like like flavor almost. 
But, uh, yeah. yeah, that would be really cool regardless if she became Thor. Because um, I don't think that we're going to get Jane Foster again. I don't think that Natalie Portman's coming back. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think she should, and you don't have to recast her. There's a reason why Valkyrie's in this movie, uh, Thor Ragnarok, and it's because they're going to use her as they did Jane Foster when she became the new Thor. And Tessa Thompson looks like she is perfect to carry the uh, the mantle of, of Thor going for it. Like I told you, Dane, we were talking about this, me, you, and Nick, uh, last year. I, I said I'd love to have whoever, you know, this is when Tessa Thompson was first casted. I'd love to see her, uh, you know, fill Chris Hemsworth's shoes. And when we get the new Avengers with Spider-Man, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Miss Marvel, and now possibly Tessa Thompson as Thor, I'm fine with that, that, B, that B team of Avengers till down the road where the originals come back to maybe help defeat Galactus or something like that. Right. Um, I'm fine with that B team. That lineup right there sounds perfect. And you have some of the best uh, up-and-coming actors or the best talents acting-wise that we have in Hollywood uh, with Brie Larson, um, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch, Tom Holland, uh, Chadwick Boseman, and Tessa Thompson. That's an amazing lineup uh, to use going forward. Um, but all right, Dane. And you can kind of did anyone else have anything else to add on Infinity War or anything we were discussing with this first topic? I had one thing I wanted to interject on this one uh, regarding like who's going to be worthy of the hammer. And this is just kind of a little nerd thing that I was thinking about. Uh, at this point, we I'm not sure if we know it or if it's just we greatly suspect it that Odin is a prisoner of Surtur, the fire demon, like his mortal enemy, basically. If you, mm-hmm. if we got if we go back to that Thor comic that was written by J. Michael, J. Michael Straczynski, uh, like in the mid 2000s, uh, this is when all of the gods fell to earth and they were mortal and everybody forgot who they were. And Thor was busy looking for Odin, but Odin wasn't amongst the mortal gods. He was in Muspelheim, constantly fighting Surtur in this like Promethean kind of way, where he dies every time and then comes back and has to do it all over again. I think that's kind of where Ragnarok is going to culminate, where Thor has to go and save his father from the fire demon. And I just kind of want to see Thor toss his father the hammer, just to get Odin to throw around Mjolnir for a little while and just kill Surtur with it. And I don't know, what if it breaks? What if that's the reason that Thor has the axe instead? Mjolnir is busted and has to somehow be reforged. I don't even know if that's ever happened in the comics, but damn if it should. I mean, Pete, I, I kind of want to piggyback off that. That'd be dope as hell. I mean, from from the rumors I was hearing, the end battle scene will be um, Thor, Banner, Doctor Strange, and possibly um, Odin. No, not Valkyrie. Possibly Odin versus uh, a Surtur-like villain. It, I, I don't. Cause from what I was hearing, it won't look like Surtur. The same way Dormammu didn't necessarily look like Dormammu, but you kind of got the gist of it. But it's still mm-hmm. Surtur. Um, so if that's the case, and I'd even go a step further. I'd like it for for him to toss it to Loki. And him and Loki are, are, are working together for the possibly the only time ever. Um, that'd be dope. But from, from what I'm hearing, it'll be possibly one of the best Thor uh, action scenes in the Thor franchise uh, with him teaming up with Doctor Strange and, and uh, the Hulk. 
So I hope that's true. I'm extremely psyched. I, I told you, I told you, I'm, I'm excited about aspects of Thor Ragnarok, but not the full movie. Thor hasn't done good for me, you know, at all. So, but no, Pete, that'd be an amazing scene to see. Uh, where kind of like with um, wasn't there a scene where Cap threw his shield to someone and they were kind of using it a little Bucky. bit? Bucky, yes, that scene where they were passing mm-hmm. on fighting Stark, throwing Mjolnir around while uh, they're taking on Surtur would definitely put Double that words. exactly. That'd be some of the dopest things I'd ever see. Of course, he, he, he gave him the hammer. Of course, he's worthy. But um, no, I'm with you on that. That'd be the coolest thing ever. Um, but Dane, kind of lead us into our next topic. What's new with the DCEU? What's new with the DCEU? Uh, like it's actually that happy. All right. I'm going to go over timeline, guys, <laughs> before passing it around. Uh, um, so we're, this has basically been within the last two and a half weeks. Um, we got word first that Flash uh, was getting a first-page rewrite. Uh, shortly after that, Ben Affleck jumps off directing. Uh, then we have Matt Reeves and a couple of the directors. Uh, Matt Reeves now is the rumored, uh, or I think he's actually confirmed to direct the Batman, but he was a part of, uh, I think, a short list of five uh, that we found out, including uh, Denny Villeneuve and um, uh, uh, Garrett O'Connor, a couple other people. Uh, all right, then Chris Terrio is hired to make a draft of the Affleck John script. Uh, reports come in that they have uh, scrapped the script altogether shortly after that. Uh, we find out that Joe Manganiello uh, says, I think, in a tweet that he's still going to be playing Deathstroke, not to worry about anything. But then also, if they were to extend or delay the film, uh, he has to be filming Rampage soon. And we also don't have word that he's in this new script. Um, so finally out, shortly after that, they scrapped the script altogether, probably less than a week. Then there's reports coming that DC approved this new script. And I think that maybe one of you guys can explain to me this. I'm not hundred percent sure of who wrote it exactly. Like if this is actually just Chris Terrio, if Affleck and John did something for it, I have no idea. Um, I think that Kanan, you're probably the smartest person to talk to about this because you probably get some more insider information. So uh, can you clear any of this up? Yes, I will try to clear up as, as much as I can. Uh, there, a couple of weeks ago, there was a report that uh, Terrio uh, did turned in to DC and Warner Brothers a rewrite of the of the script. So initially, it was Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck that were working on the script, and I don't know if Ben went to Terrio and said, "Hey, I need some help with it," or WB was like, we're not happy with it, and so they turned around and got him to do the complete rewrite or just tweak it. That's the part that hasn't come out yet because people are saying that it wasn't a complete rewrite. So I know that Terrio turned in one, and supposedly that's the script that Toby Emmerich, uh, Warner Brothers, and Ben Affleck are all completely happy with. And that's the one that um, that they're going with, I guess, for now. That's kind of got everybody on board. Uh, as far as Ben dropping off, I think that was something that was probably in the works. I think that WB asked him to probably delay the announcement until they could figure out who they wanted. When the list came out, Matt Reeves was at the top. Uh, I think that Warner Brothers has always wanted Matt Reeves. I think Matt Reeves was already offered the position. And I think that once... 
you know, they found who they wanted, then they said, okay, Ben, you can go out here and make the announcement. And, you know, they've been doing things subtle. I mean, Yeah, you know, we're we're hearing uh you know, people conflicting reports, people saying that there's no script, there is a script, there's no director, there is a director. It's been back and forth. Mark Hughes has been saying that he thought Matt Reeves was gonna get it and then Jet on Batman on film was saying that his sources were saying this. And so it's it's like, Oh, my source is better than your source, my source is better than your source and then WB's like, oh, well, guess what? We have a script. Terry O'Turn went in. Oh, guess what? Um, we have a director. You know, Matt Reeves, he's been offered the position. So I guess everything's just speculation at this point. But, I mean, right now, from what Variety's reported, and they've been the most reliable, is Always. that there is a script and that uh, Matt Reeves is the director, which is great news because, you know, like I was telling you all earlier, I feel like this – saved it because I, I think there's a lot of people that speculated that Ben may drop out and if he dropped out then I felt like this would just cause the DCEU to just implode so you know I, I, I've talked to a lot of people that that know things and you know I don't have any sources I'm just going based on people that I've talked to that have sources and you know and that's the information that I've gotten uh, you know right now so we have a script we have a director I don't know when they're going to start filming though Okay, yeah, no, I understand that, and I definitely wanted to ask you because I knew that you would probably, you know, have a little more details on this. Um, but this is true that the, what I just gave you, like the, the, you know, events, these are all events that have happened technically within, like, the last two and a half weeks. Do you think that we have anything to worry about, basically? The only thing I could see is that if they get in there and – I don't know what kind of promises they've made to Matt Reeves. Is it his film or is it Ben Affleck's film? And are they going to work together? Are they going to be a cohesive unit? Because if not, then are we going to see the pressure just build and Matt Reeves drop out? Because I don't know if they can afford to have another director drop out. And, you know, I know that the Rick uh, issue was there was, you know, Jeff Johns didn't agree with the script, so, you know, they, you know, they kind of let him go, and now they've completely scrapped everything that uh, Seth Graham, the Seth Graham Smith was working on. They scrapped his uh, screenplay. They scrapped what Rick was working on, and they're going with a complete page one rewrite. Uh, Flash, I think, should be their main priority. They're, you know, they're talking about Shazam and Black Adam. I felt like Flash should have been a number one priority. We should have heard more about that. Um. But I, honestly, no, I think this is good news because WB is being very proactive to what people are saying, and they're not coming out directly and saying anything. You know, we're getting these reports. So this is WB's response saying, Ben's our guy. Ben's Batman. He's going to be Batman. We've got a director. This movie's coming out. The DCEU is alive. You know, despite what y'all say, this train is rolling. So unless Ben just wakes up one morning and says, I don't want to do this anymore. Now, I have heard. That, and I don't know how reliable it is, but I have heard that Ben is – they may not even start shooting this uh, summer or fall on Batman, that they may wait until – Ben wants to wait and see how uh, Justice League's going to do, and there's a rumor that if it's terrible, then he's out. He's dropping out. So, you know, but that's just a rumor. So please, anybody out there listening, don't go running with that. That's just a rumor. But, you know, if they don't oh, yeah. start filming – 
then that may be a, a, a red flag. If they start filming, then everybody's going to be like, okay, this is good. But if they don't, and I really don't want them to lose Joe. Uh, Manganello as Deathstroke was huge. If they if they don't get this started and they you know it's conflicting with his schedule, then they risk losing him. And then I don't know where they go because I don't know what the details of Terrio's uh, rewrite are. I don't know if he's in it. I'm assuming he is because he's working out. He said that he was doing the Deathstroke, you know, workout regimen. So, but. well, I mean, I mean, out of all of this, the, the main person I feel the most sorry for is Jared Leto. Someone who came into this this whole ordeal and got the raw end of you know of the deal, and now it's like I was hearing that the original script had Joker in, and this new script potentially doesn't have any Joker in. We don't, of course, we don't know, we don't know. But I'm saying if it well, doesn't, if I'm Jared Leto, I'm finding any and every way to get out of this contract. Any and every. Well, I, I just read is. a couple of days ago. I just read a couple of days ago that Leto actually was back on board. That after Suicide Squad and everything, that he really was wanting to be out. But with them uh, moving in a better direction, I don't know what they promised him at all. But I've heard that he's had a change of heart and he would like to come back. So hopefully he I hope will that's be true. In, in the Batman film. Uh, you know, I but. If he weren't in the film, I mean, based on his performance with Suicide Squad, there's a lot of people that don't care. There's a lot of people that do care. So I don't know if they would mind if he didn't come back. I would like to see him come back because I don't want him to have to recast the Joker. I like Jared Leto. I'd like for him to stay, uh, keep the yeah. continuity going. But I would. I don't want him to be the main villain of Batman. I want to see Deathstroke. That teaser got the internet on fire. I want to see somebody new. I'd like to see Hush, Black Mask, somebody. But just having maybe a backstory with Joker, maybe the flashback to him killing Jason Todd or something, but not the main focus. So hopefully WB gets that fixed with him because that's a great actor to lose, and that may burn bridges, you know, in the future between them. Yeah, but getting back into it, like you were saying, like uh, I don't want them to recast a Joker. Like we already have one. Even if you're not, a, if you weren't happy with this performance, I liked it. It was a lot of different things, but I actually enjoyed it. But the whole thing is, you know. That has to be him. Like this is not like a situation. Like I couldn't stand when they uh, when they recasted Brody from uh, Terrence Howard to um, now. I love. I fell in love with Don Cheadle playing the character, but I was like, damn it. And like you know, when they did the same thing to Bruce Banner uh, between Ed Norton and uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo, it just took me a second to get used to. But like when it, I, I don't want a new Joker, and I definitely don't want a new Batman. If the, if if I'm just saying if I'm trying to be optimistic. If the key were to leave, I think the ship's sinking. I don't really see, you know, if, if that scenario that you said where it plays out that Justice League is not as good and then that happens and he leaves, that's going to suck. That's going to be a huge blow, and I think I'll just stick to television and hope they make a Batman TV show on HBO in a couple of years or some shit. Uh, Juwan, do you, do you want me to flip it over to you now? Uh, yeah, I'll quiet down your background um yeah no listen originally when i was putting together the show the other night i was sitting there and i was like i'm gonna get on air and i'm gonna start freaking out to make joel and kane just go crazy um but honestly i don't after hearing matt reeves is the director matt reeves is directing some of my all-time favorite movies planet of the apes that he directed let me in. I thought it was a very underrated movie. I fell in love with uh, that. Movie. That was the first time I was like, Chloe Grace uh, is going to be a phenomenal. It's going to be a phenomenal actor. Um, 
in Cloverfield. Phenomenal yeah. movie. Um, so, right, he hasn't made a movie I, I didn't like. So, getting Matt Reeves right. Getting Matt Reeves, I thought, was a great move uh, for them. But I honestly think, and I want to go back to what Keenan said, I don't want a Batman movie right now. And here's why. Everyone's acknowledging Ben Affleck and Batman as the lifeline of the whole entire DC cinematic universe. So what I want is for you to push that a little bit, get Flash out there, get Aquaman out there, maybe even get Shazam and Black Adam out there. I want the public to know that you're secure with your slate of, of movies and characters that this doesn't ride on Ben. Because what that does in result is take the pressure off of Ben and it allows him to do the movie that he wants without scrutiny, without being asked about it, without people freaking out if this guy dropped out or this guy dropped out. And if he, and if it works out, he can direct the sequel. Exactly, like Joel was just saying. I think the most important thing is for Wonder Woman to hit Justice League to hit, to push Batman, fit in the Flash. You know, we're of course getting Aquaman next year. Um, is, is Aquaman, absolutely. Um, that that cast, yeah, that movie could save it if these two uh, this year aren't, aren't that great. Um, but I honestly think the best thing to do is to kind of table Batman for right now. It just takes the stress out off of everybody that's thinking this is their lifeline. So when you do that, you won't get John Campia screaming, the, you know, the, the building's burning, the building's burning, everybody get out. It'll be more so like it's just a small little death fire, you have the extinguisher, we're good. Calm down. I have a question then. If, if that, let's say, things are changing. Right. Moves are being made. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So next year, all we have technically is Aquaman. Right. Are you okay with just Aquaman next year? Absolutely. Because here's the thing. Even if you only had, if, let's say you had two movies. Let's say the Batman did come out. It's very hard to top what Infinity Wars about to do. So even if you have two movies, it's still the matter of like, all right, those two movies have to be phenomenal. So to me, Aquaman's a great movie to have. It comes out way after Infinity War, so it gives it its own time to shine. So to me, it's smart to only have one movie come out next year and for it to be Aquaman. Yeah, and if, if if there is another one, I would I'd like the sirens to be the one to fill that spot. I wouldn't be fine movie. with that, but to me, don't put out another DC movie next year. The thing about it like this, February is Black Panther. Remember, Deadpool also is coming out in the beginning of of next year. So what you don't want is for your movie that's either you know Sirens or The Flash, something that's not as popular as what Panther will be doing or right. Deadpool will be doing or in. Infinity War will be doing, or Ant-Man versus the Wasp. Don't do not do that. Don't set yourself up like that. What you should do is keep it like it is. Aquaman, I think, is holding down November, which will be in a slate all by its own. Marvel won't have anything out around then. Just capitalize the end of that year. Build, build DC back up again. I'm not saying that these two movies this year is going to drop. I'm saying if you don't have anything till November, that'll build back up the hype, and then you can Drop something else in 2019. Maybe have three movies come out in 2019. Maybe. But what you can't do right now is try to put yours in with all the hype of the other superhero movies that will be coming out at the beginning of next year. Have your own time. Shine. That's just like Star Wars. Star Wars is sitting back in December like, ha, call you guys. I got all of December and majority of January. I have no competition. Yes. Well, next year might be two. 
So it's like, you know, I have no competition. DC right now needs to sit in the spot where it has no competition. There's no, well, you got to be as good as Infinity. Infinity War will be well gone, and you can just focus on just you. That's the best course of action uh, they need to go with. So, no, I'm not freaking out. I'm not panicking. Uh, Matt Reeves signing on was something that I was just like, all right, you know what? Now all my doubts are gone. I have faith in Matt Reeves, and I have faith in, in the Batman moving forward. Uh, uh, Joel, do you have anything else that you wanted to say about the subject? No, I'm with I'm with uh, Juwan on that. Uh, I totally I agree. I don't want them to rush anything out for next year. For nothing's ready. If nothing's ready, then leave it for 2019. I mean, the only thing we get next year, I'll live with it. No big deal. But I think the most, uh, if we do get anything, it'll probably be uh, That's the one I'm banking on. But this, if I'm, if we could still get Flash or Batman. We don't know. We honestly don't know. I mean, they just they have to start filming eventually. And nothing's ready for either one. So I think Sirens is probably the most ready to probably to go for next year. So we'll see. That's a good way of looking at it. Oh yeah, and I apologize for not introducing you earlier when we started the show. I forgot to, forgot you. Um, not not because I don't love you. Just you know, you weren't a part of the call log, so I you you, you know what I'm saying. Anyways, Pete, um, how do you feel about this? Make you feel like warm and squishy inside, or do you want to like you know set yourself on fire? Uh, I was actually really upset when I heard Ben Affleck was no longer directing because I heard the script that he and Jeff Johns had written was really dope. Uh, it was kind of based on the whole Arkham City, Arkham Knight uh, series of video games. So when that got scrapped, I'm like, all right, now what? And from what the rumor that I heard was that uh, DC executives, you know, the higher ups in the suits who have no concept of what's going on, had no idea who Deathstroke was. And they were like, well, what, what, why are we introducing this villain? Nobody's going to know him. Like, no, shut up. Yes, they are. Everyone is very excited. Look at these Twitter, uh, look at the Twitter feed, look at the Instagram comments. And they're like, nah, throw it out. So that bothered me. Then I heard a really nasty rumor that Josh Trank wanted to fucking direct this thing. And I'm like, God, no, please. Oh, I doubt so, it. So when Matt, when, when, this, when the Planet of the Apes guy came in, Matt Reeves is his name, I, yeah. I'm like, anybody, I'm, I'm thrilled. He, he does good action flicks. Uh, I had no idea he directed Let Me In. That was a dope flick. Uh, I, don't, I don't pay too much attention, hardcore, to like who directs stuff. I'm just a very easy person to please when it comes to movies. So for me to not like something, it really got to suck. Uh, I think <laughs> Wonder Woman is going to hit really big this year. I'm really looking forward to that. I was so against Gal Gadot being Wonder Woman because I didn't think she was you know, big enough. I really wanted like Gina Carano's body style in the role. And I have never been happier to be wrong when I saw her in, in BBS, she commanded the scene in every uh, – she commanded the screen in every scene she was in. And I was, like, dead wrong. Like, yo, she's amazing. So I'm really looking forward to Wonder Woman. I have high hopes for Justice League. I just really want it to be good. You know, like what you were saying before about Marvel and DC fanboys going back and forth over what's better and what's better – Shut up, man. Just sit back and enjoy it because this little nerd bubble that we've built for ourselves can't possibly last forever. So just enjoy it while it's here and let's just make some good movies. And the biggest thing for DC is don't rush shit. 
you know, they, they sat on their hands for so long watching Marvel build this world for eight to ten years, and now it's culminating, and DC's like the, like Eli Manning compared to Peyton, and like, me too, me too. Like, no, you, you have to take your time. Make the movies good, but don't rush them. That's, that's it. I, I hope Aquaman is good, and I hope Flash is good. Aquaman needs to be visually stunning because, yeah, Atlantis and all. Well, I will I will uh, say this. Someone did speak to I can't remember where I saw this. Kanan, maybe you can help me out on where I might have seen this. Someone said like picture Game of Thrones underwater. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes said picture Game of Thrones underwater. That's how I'm all for that. Probably gonna look. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now Gerald. How, how did you feel about this? Uh, this news and this timeline and everything? Are you nervous? How are you feeling? Um, I could honestly say I was, like, really pissed off. Like, I haven't been pissed off since Obama left the office. So, <laughs> I mean, I, it, 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 I guess Ben Affleck left Batman because people were just like, hey, we don't care about your other project outside of WB, so where's Batman? Where's Batman? Where's Batman? So I guess he was just like, you know what? I'll keep playing Batman, but I'm not going to fucking direct this movie. So, you know, it was just like peace in a bottle of hair grease. That's basically how I took it. So, I mean, a lot of people were probably disappointed. I was ecstatic when they announced that, you know, they gave him control and, you know, be able to direct the Batman so I was just like, this man has written and starred in Oscar-nominated movies. So I was just like, if he's directing and starring in this movie, it will be phenomenal. Now fans are petitioning for Zack Snyder to take the helm. And I'm just like, you know, he did some, you know, and, you know, he did great work. But this this Batman movie needs Ben Affleck directing style and his touch to it. But, you know, with Aquaman and stuff like that, like, that needs to be a blockbuster smash. Like, Wonder Woman needs to set the trend. Like, Wonder Woman, like, they they kind of didn't really hit the mark with uh, BVS, but they need to hit it with Wonder Woman to, like, get them back, you know, up on the tracks. And then they, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Flash. Like, they got a director, then they don't have a director, and this person's dropping out. So, uh, that right now, that movie is just, that's just like the ex-girlfriend you don't really think about. Like, you just, like, kind of, like, slide it off to the side. Like, when you talk about your ex, you just say, she shall not be named. That's the type of movie Flash is, like, right now in my eyes. What, but, is she Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, every time the Flash comes up in, like, news articles, is either this person dropped out or the the Flash has to be rewritten, or they don't still have a director. So, yeah. if anything, get the CW writers. If y'all can't fucking, if y'all can't do anything right, like, so I mean, but basically, I, I'm really looking more forward to, you know, what Marvel has because DC really hasn't made me go, yo, I can't wait for the next DC movie. Like, it's like it's a hit or miss with me. But if you know, if Wonder Woman you know, takes the month of June, I'll be impressed and be like, you know what? 
I, I, I want to see what they have next. But right now, Wonder Woman is going up against a lot of heavy hitters in June. And then on top of that, you got Spider-Man that's not too far. So, I mean, Wonder Woman has to take the month of June. Or it has to tie at least with the summer with Spider-Man. Because, like I said, you got a lot of heavy hitters coming out this summer. So, I mean, Wonder Woman got to hit the mark on this. That's what I'm looking forward to. I completely I mean, agree with you. And I mean, I think there's a lot of good things about it. But uh, I'm going to pass it now to Juwan, who will uh, give us his last words about it and go to the next uh, topic. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dane. Um, yeah, like I said, we're all on the same accord of no, none of us are jumping off the ship. None of us are engaging in that Marvel vs. DC bullcrap. All of us just want great comic book movies. I honestly wouldn't even care if Valiant came out in this season. I just want good comic book movies. Um, so none of us are feeding into the hype of let's jump off shit, DC sailing. We all have nothing but supreme faith in them going forward. We just need Wonder Woman to hit and hit hard. Um, but let's get into our next topic. Let's talk. We got a little taste of it uh, during the Super Bowl um, trailer. Let's talk Stranger Things Season 2. Um, the first season, I always tell everyone, it reminds me of Jessica Jones, to where it's so much story in the beginning that you're just sitting there and you're like, oh my fucking God, there's like so much dialogue and so much story that shit's boring. And then when you actually give it a chance, you're like, holy shit, it's so much story and dialogue. I love it. So it's like it gives you... It gives you a little bit of action that you're craving for, but the story uh, and the dialogue is so compelling that it draws you in. Um, I've spoken to, like, at least six people that I had to go tell, no, finish it. And once they did, they were like, oh, my God, when do I get more? And I'm like, not until next year. And they're like, damn it. So now that we're in that year, we now know that Halloween is when we'll get more Stranger Things. Um I'll pass it off to Pete. What were your thoughts on season one of Stranger Things, and what are you looking forward to in season two? It took me probably two months before I finally watched the series because, I don't know, I'm stupid. And Because <laughs> so many people are talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm busy watching this and this. And I finally watched it, and I breezed through the whole thing within three days. Growing up in the 80s, this, this series was so perfect for me. From this little background shit of, to the toys they were playing with, I saw a He-Man commercial on TV, and, man, I'm sitting there just like, wow, this is this was my life growing up. It was dope. Like playing, you know, D&D in my friend's basement across the street and everything, I loved every moment of this, and it was creepy as shit, man. Like the whole upside-down world and that the monster, the, the demigorgon for, you know, they never really named it. They just kind of named it after the D&D thing, but we don't know what it is, why it is, or anything else. So, for season two, I'm really hoping for more of an explanation of what that is. Like, was it just a, a place created in Eleven's mind that became a reality because, like, as a telepath or whatever her power is, she was just that powerful that it came to be? What, has this place always existed? Like a Tales from the Dark Side kind of thing, like vibrates at a different frequency? What is the upside down, and how many more people are stuck in there? That's what I want to see in season two. 
No, absolutely. And I, I'm right there with you. I, I'd like to know, because a lot in season one was just like, all right, well, we'll get to that in season two. But it's like, no, I fucking want to know now. Um, I'll pass it off to... Um, I'll pass it off to you, Joel. What, what did you enjoy from season one, and what are you most looking forward to in season two? Um, I was a big fan of the, the feel. Like, if you watch uh, Stranger Things, it felt like an 80s show. Or a movie. It felt like an 80s movie mm-hmm. in a show, which is weird. It's weird to get that dynamic. But they pulled it off. It kind of felt like a, a Goonies meets... Uh, type of thing. It was weird, but I loved it. It had a great feel to it. I think that's why I liked it so much. The music felt old school. It looked, I mean, they did a great job. The actors were great. Um, and I, they kind of reminded me of myself as a kid. So, <laughs> so maybe that's why I liked it so much. Uh, and I'm very curious myself about what, what the Upside Down is, what, what, how, what, what caused it. And the season two trailer, you see that giant monster with yeah. pan- I don't know what the hell that's all about, but I'm really excited for that. Find out. So yeah, I'm I'm super psyched for like what we're gonna. I think it's Halloween. Right? Halloween. So Halloween. That, I, I can't wait for that. I can't wait either, man. I mean, the the one thing I hope that happens, and I know this is a stretch, it'll it never will. I hope the Dragon Balls exist in this world, and they can get goddamn <laughs> far back. Far. <laughs> like she was one of she was one of the nicest people ever, yeah. Yeah. and got stuck in the upside. First of all, I just want to make this clear. Technically, between this season and next season, two people will have come out of the Upside Down. Meanwhile, Barb's probably getting destroyed down there by some demigordon. I'm saying, I think she's still possibly there. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right, her body. So it's just like, poor goddamn Barb. Barb's like Krillin. Barb is the Krillin of Stranger (laughs) Things. And it's the saddest shit ever. Right? <laughs> Call on Riverdale if it makes you feel better now. She's, She's a rupture of this whole entire thing. Yeah, she just had. She was just in the last episode. That actually, that actually makes me want to watch Riverdale so much more I now. Episode, because I loved Barb. And when I found out she was dead, and it was just like, Barb's probably not coming back. It was just like, what the fuck did you have her for? Uh, that was such a waste. Anyway, um, Dane, what... <laughs> What did you enjoy from the first season, and what are you most looking forward to in the second season? Well, growing up in the 80s when uh, Ronald Reagan was president, uh, (laughs) it brought me back. It brought me back to Nintendo and, um, you know, the fear that Russians Uh, is going to bomb us um, uh, in the walls. And, uh, you know, just scrape feeling and like, like, you know, Pete was saying stuff. it was cool. It was very nostalgic. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I've been wanting to watch more with this group of kids uh, since the last time. I, I think this is one of the best, um, basically, coming-of-age sci-fi movies like the 80s made uh, in years. It's not even a movie. It's a, it's a show. So that's what's so great about it is that just the music, everything about it. Um, and uh, I didn't really, I didn't really, I don't want to sound cold, but I didn't really care when Barb died. I thought she was like a good, like you know, all right, she's dead. She kind of, there's the monster, so you know. But I'm so, I guess I'm soulless. Um, I was like, you know, she's that's cool. At least you know, shit happens. Anyways, but um, yeah, just just getting into it. I can't wait until the second season, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I I don't know what the fuck's going on in the clouds, like Tulu, like it's some. 
definitely some HR Lovecraft shit right going on in the fucking cloud. So I'm I'm psyched, you know. And I hope Eleven like puts that shit up to twelve. If you understand that reference, yeah. Um, definitely. And I'll just say this: Will versus Eleven. It's already seeming like that'll possibly be the best battle this year. Um, so I can't wait for that. But Gerald, what did you enjoy in the first season? What are you most looking forward to in the second season? I like um, I like the the Goonie vibes that it had that it was giving off. Like even though it's like a, a Stranger Things was like it's an own original thing, but I like the nods that it took to like the shows and uh, you know the things that happened around in the eighty. I also want to see like what um. You know, Eleven, and I think his name is Will, the the main protagonist. No, Will was in the Upside Down, right? What was the kid that was helping Eleven? What's his name? The kid that was helping Eleven? Shit. Yeah. I know his real name. I don't know his name. name. I don't know his real name, but you don't know. I don't know. It's so weird, right? But what's his TV name, though? I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. You said his TV name. What's the the character he plays? He's helping Eleven, like, I, I, I forgot all the kids' names, like, Will. I know the only kid's name I know is Will. Lucas, we got Lucas, Dustin, Mike. and Mike. Maybe Lucas, Dustin, well, all, and Mike. All three of them okay, were so Will went in the, Will, okay, Will got lost in the Upside Down, so it gotta be Mike then. Mike uh, is the main protagonist. It's helping uh, Eleven, so I kind of want to see, you know, the love interest that's going to happen with them because they kind of got a thing in real life. Like, she kind of crushing on them in real life. So I want to see if they're going to add that love interest into season two. I also want to know what type of um, demigorgon or dragon that was at the end with, you know, that was in the clouds and stuff like that. But my take on it was, like, the upside down is just nothing but, like, it's our world, but it's, like, twisted. So it's, like, basically our worst nightmares that have come to truth in this real, you know, this alternate dimension. And the only one so who basically DC. has access to that is um, Eleven. So, I mean, now that the fact that what it's been like a year now, right, this takes place in like the, what, the 80s now, the season two is in the 80s, because I think the first one was, what, 70-something? Like 79 or something like that? No, it's literally like a year later. The first one was the eighty three, and this is eighty four. The first Ghostbusters came out in what eighty five? What eighty nine? Let's check that. Eighty five, I believe, was the first Ghostbusters. It was. It's between. Let's just say it's between eighty five and eighty four, according to IMDb. Eighty four was the first Ghostbusters. Okay, so it's this season takes place in eighty nineteen eighty four. So it's been like a year later. You can clearly tell all the kids got older. Eleven has, I guess she's going to keep her little, you know, curls and stuff. So she has hair now. I want to see, like, Lucas' parents. Like, where's the black kid's parents? You know, I guess that's where's true. everybody else's parents and stuff like that? Where's, like, there's no way in hell in the 80s that you got some black kid just flying off the handle. Like, where's his parents at? You know, what's his backstory? Um, I love the fact that um, I guess Dustin was the kid with the the health problem. You know, like he has the one, the twelve year old with the missing teeth. He's actually like fourteen, fifteen in real life. 
I love the fact that they mentioned his health problems and, you know, they addressed his health issues in the show and they made it part of his character. I like how they did that instead of wondering, okay, how come in the show he doesn't have teeth and in real life he does even though his teeth are fake. I like how they did that. But my main focus is, like, Will is definitely going to have powers. We, they, they established that, I think, in photos and and I think their trailer. So I think because Eleven escaped, I think Will's going to be their new, like, let's just call him a bioweapon. Because obviously he got powers from the upside down. I don't know how, but he. I, I, I think my prediction is he's going to be able to, like, basically be able to hulk out. Like, if he gets angry enough, he'll be able to turn into a demigorgon or some type of creature. And then, you know, he'll have both dual powers to be human and be demon. So that that's just something to look forward to. No, absolutely. I can say the the, the most thing I'm looking forward to of season two, uh, the, the biggest thing I, I hope that happens is that uh, one of the kids is riding a bike and L's on the front of it, and it kind of lifts off like at night in front of the moon, like ET. Um, that's just what I'm hoping for. But um, let's, yeah. let's tell me that wouldn't be super hilarious. Um, let's get into our next topic. Something I, we kind of haven't been covering that much, but um, me and Joel definitely wanted to to tackle this a little bit. Uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, the official uh, title for the next installment of the Star Wars. Um, we got word or rumor that the trailer will be debuting during Star Wars Celebration. But that makes the most sense. Since we didn't get anything for Super Bowl, I think it's a definitive they're only going to show it in front of the Star Wars uh, Celebration. So I kind of want to go around and get everyone's feel on two sides of this. One. How will you enter this movie knowing this is the last time we will see Carrie Fisher? And two, what are you looking forward to the most coming out of this movie? Or going into this movie, I'm sorry. Going into this movie. What are you looking forward to the most? And I'll start off with possibly our biggest Star Wars fan. Well, hey! All right, so it's going um, to be sad knowing that this is the last time I'm going to we're ever going to see her in like a movie, unless she's filmed something that I didn't know about. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they, they change the story, because we don't know exactly what the deal is. Right. You don't know how the story's going to go. We just know it's called The Last Jedi. We don't know how much of a role. Oh, she does have a bigger role in this movie, and it looks like she actually doesn't die in this movie, apparently. Right. So, so <laughs> what's interesting how they're going to use her, how they're going to end this movie is really the biggest because mm-hmm. I got to know what's going to happen in the future and, and going into episode um, Would you be okay with them doing a CGI or would you prefer to recap? Even though they came out and said they're not going to do a CGI they one, they can change their mind. They of course can change their mind. I would have been okay with that over recasting. Per- mm-hmm. Personally, I'd, I'd rather see them do a CGI version of Perry than recasting. But I don't know. I honestly, that's why I'm going to leave it up to them and I'm going to let them do what they got to do. But it was up to me. I'd probably do. I'd stick with the CGI if I if I could pull it off. You know? Absolutely. Rather than a recast. Um, I I'd say this: don't recast, don't CGI. Let her go with dialogue. What do you mean by her go with dialogue? Let her go with dialogue. 
say that whatever, because we don't know obviously what's going to happen in this movie. So let's say she confronts Kylo and he chooses not to, you know, come back to the light side. He still wants to be on the dark side. Mm-hmm. Let's say this is just a shot in the dark. Kylo kills Luke, right? Mm. I'm just, this is just right, a hypothetical. Right, right. Let's say he kills Luke. What's the matter uh, with you? Well, you don't give a shit about Barb. Um, we could say. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Barb versus Luke? Come on, man. Come on, man. I love me some bars. Anyway, um, they could definitely say the events of losing Han and losing Luke uh, was too much for her, and she she passed away. And we lost her for real. Like mm-hmm. she's gone. But you can't now. You can't kill. You can't kill Luke now. You know what I'm saying? Well, why not? Because you lose all three of them, like for legit. Well, I think the purpose of this franchise. Some point or another is to pass the baton to the new big three. Yeah, but you still have Luke. You might as well wait till the third. I'm going to be that. completely honest with you. Once I saw, once they originally were going to bring back these characters, mm-hmm. I honestly thought by the third movie that um, what's the uh the new emperor guy uh can't think of his name. Snoke. I honestly thought Snoke was going to kill Luke. I thought Snoke was going to kill Luke, and I thought Han was going to die at some point in these three movies. I thought Leia would be the one that would carry on everything moving forward. But now we know that's not the case. So to me, I'd be fine if, you know, the three of them on screen, you know, are are no longer a part of it. And, you know, obviously their legend will live on, but I'd be fine with passing the baton to the new big three. That's the plan. Which, which, you know, they obviously are going to be replacing them moving forward. You asked me what I'm looking forward to in the next Star Wars. It's seeing Luke kick ass. Absolutely. So I want to see Luke stay alive for this yeah. movie. You yeah. yeah. I got a loss in the last one, and then we got another loss in real life. So wait, so you're so saying you wouldn't... Another one. So let me let me get this straight. You're saying you don't want the opening scene of The Last Jedi to be uh, Ray goes up to hug him and trips over a rock and falls off that no, big-ass cliff? You don't want that to happen? No, you want no, him no. to actually be in it? Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure. I what if he just hits his head and just talks like Yoda afterwards, and then they continue? <laughs> <to play? laughs> what if he's just a force ghost this entire movie? What if what if it's all in her head? What if what if he's not even there? You know, Inception. How dope would that be? Um, Luke's one of her personality. No, uh, no. But all, all jokes aside, um, I will say this: we heard about a year ago that one of the biggest scenes in Star Wars history was gonna be. Luke and Ray on this planet training, and Kylo Ren and his Knights of Ren, which I'm going to say now, I guarantee you, is Benicio del Toro, is one of the Knights of Ren, um, are going to absolutely. I think you don't bring in someone that ominous and mysterious and not make him some sort of a Sith Lord or working. If he is, what is no, I don't want that. I want a, I want a, a red, red lightsaber. I want a red lightsaber in Benicio del Toro's hand. I'm sorry, I, I desperately need that. Yeah, I do think Thawne is dead also. Um, but like I was saying, we're, uh, we're gonna get Kylo Kylo Ren with his Knights of Ren leading an all-out assault against Rey and Luke. And I heard that Luke does this dope-ass force push because the the Knights of Ren surrounds him. And I heard that the the battle between Luke and the Knights of Ren and Rey and Kylo is the best uh, Star Wars fight sequence we will ever see. I mean, I find it hard to believe that if this is a scene, whatever they do in the third will top that. 
I honestly thought as far as uh, fight sequence, nothing would ever top Obi-Wan versus Anakin. I thought that was one of the best Star Wars fight sequences from Obi-Wan versus Star Wars. I hate you! But that was a little underwhelming, that battle. Because I, I, I thought having it in a place where someone had to fall down a shaft and all that bullshit, like, you could have just had it on, on neutral ground. You could have had it on neutral ground. You're supposed to bring balance to the force, Anakin, not destroy it. That was dope. And I keep saying this. People people poop on that Me movie, too. but you was such a strong force in that entire movie. I want to see him back. I want to see him back also, but I'll pass this over. To, I'll pass this over to Pete. What are your thoughts? All right. First off, I have it on pretty good authority that Luke dies at the end of this movie. That's the last Thank Jedi, you. and he dies oh, in the battle with Kylo Ren, saving Rey. She's about to die, so obviously the sacrifice must be made, and he somehow goes instead, jumps in front of a lightsaber or what have you. I don't know details quite yet and he then passes the torch to her and that's the whole last jedi thing carrie fisher we know did finish her role in this movie the new movie you're you're probably on the right track with the whole loss of her brother and her ex-husband being just too much for her i've heard that episode nine opens up with a funeral for princess leia so she you know as, as you said go out with the script uh just dialogue gets written out um from what I understand, her estate, that is her, you know, her daughters and the rest of her family, uh, refused the idea of a CGI Carrie Fisher in the later movies. As far as what I am looking forward to, uh, aside from just like some badass fight scenes and some, I want to see some more cool choreography with the lightsabers. I thought uh, a lot of people, like you said, shit on the original prequels, but they did have some really cool lightsaber scenes compared to the original trilogy because, you know, once you can start employing some more martial artists and stuff like that who can do these nifty twirly moves with, you know, bows and other swords and stuff like that, you get some pretty cool lightsaber battles. So that's that's something that I'm looking forward to. I really, really want to know in this movie, because I have no patience, I want to know who Emperor uh, Supreme Leader Snoke is. And I don't want him to just be Snoke. I don't want him to be a new character. I want the impact of him being somebody from the past that makes you go, holy shit, it's him. Like, I don't want him to just be like, oh, okay, so he's just Snoke. Like, it, it, I don't know, it seems to fall short for me if he's just a new dude who's the big bad. I kind of, like, I've seen, uh, the, you know, these theories from fans online that he's Mace Windu, and that would just be. Dope. Just bring Samuel L. Jackson's character back into this. And if you guys haven't seen this theory, I encourage you to look it up on YouTube. They go through a whole bunch of different proofs that it is him. And I mean, I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy. I'm not an aficionado by any stretch. So, I mean, I'm convinced. What do you guys think? Uh, well, I will say this, Pete. I will say Joel just mentioned this, and that's been my theory uh, for the longest, that he's um, – I just forgot his name. Plague Mace Windu. He's, uh, he's, no, not Mace Windu. Plague is. Um, and I'd be oh, fine with that. Yeah, the, he's the original lead. Uh, he's the guy who fought um, the Emperor, yeah. right? Right. The only reason why I would never accept him being Mace Windu is because then you'd have to 
fire Andy Serkis from being the voice and bring back Samuel Jackson to be the voice. And I'd never be okay with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd never be okay with that. Andy Serkis has such a haunting and, and terrifying voice. What better character to play than somebody that even the emperor might have feared? So to me, um, that, that Vegas makes the most sense. Um, I honestly can't think of anybody else it would be or could be. Because some people are like, oh, what about Vader? Well, Vader turned to the light side before he died. So that, that's a no-go. And he died. Yeah. yeah, and he died. So that's a no-go. Um, so, I mean, to me, that makes sense. Um, that's the only person I could think of it being, unless they'd make him his own character, which would be Snoke. And I, I, I'll agree with that. I hope that doesn't happen. Don't make him his own character. Have it be someone that we hear about. Because we did hear about Plagueis from the mouth of the Emperor in Revenge of the Sith, uh, where he was mm-hmm. talking about him. So it would be someone we'd be like, real Star Wars fans and people who are knowledgeable of Plagueis would be like, holy shit, it's Plagueis. Exactly. And besides, the main reason why I wanted to be Plagueis, and I've been hoping for this since the first time I cast Snoke, uh, Pla- not even that. Plagueis has possibly the dopest lightsaber ever. It's the staff that he pulls out and becomes a lightsaber. I desperately want Ooh. Andy Serkis voicing that versus Luke, where he where he's kind of like hobbling like Yoda did. Remember Yoda versus Dooku? Yeah, oh, and then when the battle hmm. started, now Yoda doesn't have a limp. Like that was just so fucking weird. But I want that scene to where Plagueis oh, is uh, kind of limping in. And Luke is, you know, staring him down, and then he stands up straight, pulls out the the staff, it, you know, disconnects it, and has the lightsaber, right. and him and Luke just have an epic battle. So I will agree with you on that. But it being Mace Windu, I only would hate it because Andy Serkis has done such a phenomenal job. I would never want you to swap it out for Samuel Jackson. If it was the other way around, I'd be fine. If it was Samuel Jackson, you swapped him for Andy Serkis. Hell yeah. But not not the other way around. But um, Gerald, what are your thoughts on the Last Jedi? Well, first off, y'all can't kill off my boy Luke, so <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna stand here and let y'all kill off my boy Luke. If anything, I don't think I I think Luke's gonna have a real impact on Episode Eight. I mean, the only person I can honestly see dying. Um, I mean, he already killed uh, Han Solo, so I mean, Chewbacca probably could be next. I'll take him before I take Luke or R two D two, one of the or the new droids, or one of them. I'll take one of them before you take out Luke. So I mean, and even if Luke dies, he's taking people with him. So I wouldn't count him out just just yet. But um. I mean, no. I, I was saying, I don't. I don't think any of us who might have thought Luke will die, imagine him dying like a little biatch. I assume he's taking a majority of the people with him. Um, I, I just think you you have to at either at this movie or the next officially pass the baton to the new three, and you can't pass the baton if you still have this guy here. Either Luke has to 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 go, or Luke has to leave to never be seen from. Until like it's desperately needed, like when Yo when or Yoda he could be back. like the new or you know Luke can be because he's old he could you could still pass the torch, and he could be like the new Obi Wan like you know what I'm saying like he's like the 
the Grand Jedi. Because, like, if you look at the the last two Star Wars movies, just look at the title, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. That That's damn near one title, just two different movies. Like, they're, they're hinting at something. And the last, basically, The Last Jedi, there's, what, three Jedis that we know of, which is Rey, Kylo, and uh, Luke now. So I mean the the very last of the original Jedi's is Luke. So I mean the last Jedi that has to be heading towards you know Luke Skywalker. So the Force awakened, you know, it basically the Force was awakened in um Rey. We all obviously established that when when she battled Kylo Ren and he was like, you know, the, basically the Force is strong like she didn't know she had those powers until we got deeper into the movie. So now, if you add those two movies together, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, there, Luke is going to have such impact on this movie where I don't think they're going to kill him off. If they do kill him off, it's going to be so much fan outrage. I think... Hold on, hold on, hold on Gerald. Hold on. I'm sorry. I had to stop you there. You saying because he's such an important part of the movie that you can't kill him? Didn't we just do that shit with Han Solo? He was an important part of that movie, and they killed him. Listen, no, 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 no. Fans went crazy. He wasn't wasn't as big of a, you know, even though his character was, like, a great character. I mean, they they, they killed off, you know, fan-favorite characters in The Walking Dead and TV shows like that. But he didn't have a, a bigger impact that Luke did. Like, I looked at Han Solo as the... He basically was like, even though, uh, what's his name, Billy D. Williams was like the token black guy in the films, I look at Han Solo as being that cool black type uncle dude with, no, with no, his I, I, fuzzy, with, with fuzzy friend. Like, <laughs> if you look at it, Han, Han Solo, Han Solo and Chewbacca, they were like the Jay and Silent Bob of like Star Wars. That's how I took it, but they didn't have that big of an impact that, you know, Luke and Leia and them did. So you can't kill off Luke. Like, can Gerald write a book, please? Like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> I, will say, I will say this. If you're saying Luke is the most important, then the best comparison would be uh, Luke is Goku and Han is Vegeta. That's the best comparison you can make. Where Vegeta's not more important than Goku, but he's as important as Goku, if you kind of see what yeah. in terms of popularity. So when you say fans will go crazy if you killed Luke off, these are the same fans that went crazy if you killed Han uh, when they killed Han off. And you know what those fans did? They fucking got over it. So if you killed Luke, they fucking get over it. They'd still see the third one. So you can do it. I'm not saying you have to, but I'm saying when you pass a baton, like when you're racing and you pass a baton, you can't keep racing behind the person you pass the baton to. You're supposed to fucking stop. That's the point of passing it. So if you're keeping Luke in the shadow, all you're doing is, is having people that, that'll sit there and go, well, when is Luke coming back? Well, when is Luke coming back? Is he going to be in the, in the next one after the third one? Is, like You'll just have that, that lingering shadow over the franchise. And I think if you're trying to pass the baton, pass that shit. Well, then fucking don't pass that shit. Man. Well, then if, if that's the case, then if that's the case, then, then don't pass it. No, 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 pass that shit. What are you talking about? Pass that shit. Pass that shit. I mean, because look at it like this. 
obviously Han has that shit to Finn. Finn, Finn, Finn or uh, the pilot is obviously the new Han. Uh, Poe is the new Han, and you have Ray that's the new Luke. I don't know who out of the three of them is technically the Leia, but I, I won't necessarily get into that. Um, <laughs> but it's like they're they're obviously telling you they're passing. It's just like the Avengers. They're they're showing you that everything's come to this moment where they're passing it. You can't pass it if you're still holding on to that shit. So all I'm saying is I agree. He doesn't necessarily have to die, but then he has to go away and never come back. Is what I'm saying. So that's all I'm saying. But I do want to ask this question before I pass it to you, Dane. Corey, who's in our, our live chat on Facebook, wanted me to ask this question. Um, oh, God. Who you, oh, be quiet. Um, Just he wants kidding, to know, uh, what, if any, relation does Ray have to the Skywalker family? I'll start off. I'll say, um, I'll say honestly, I think he has none. He has none. Uh, she has none. I'm sorry. She has none. She is literally, yeah, I'm sorry. She is literally just somebody Luke was training on that planet. But I do believe if someone's trying to say that she's related to somebody that we've seen before, it'll be a granddaughter of Obi-Wan. Dane, what what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Fourth generation uncle is what I'm going for, uh, I believe. She is the fourth generation uncle uh, to Luke. Um, Oh, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I think that there might be a relation there. I'm hoping that it's actually Obi-Wan's granddaughter more so than worried if she's going to need a lineage to the Skywalker. So, yeah. Um, But going back to what we were just talking about, um, with uh, Snoke, um, there was actually a report from Variety that just came out that Wicket uh, from Return of the Jedi, the the evil little – uh, well, he wasn't evil in there, but the bad Ewok, he's uh, actually got burnt, and he becomes Snoke later on. So there's that. Uh, there's that confirmation for breaking all of us. News, breaking, um, news. Bre- breaking news every day that I can on this motherfucker. Um, and then, yeah, it's going to be weird without Carrie Fisher. But realize that, that, that no one said anything about it. If the script was written, which I'm almost positive, before the tragic event of her dying, and it has in it Luke dying in it, I don't think they're going to change it you know, so that the fans don't have to lose all of them. I think they're just going to go with the flow on that, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, so if you got to do that, you got to do that. Um, I'm also – I'm just looking forward to the movie. I know it's going to be awesome. I'm not looking forward to – if you guys have heard about the uh, epic movie creators, uh, the, uh, these dudes are making a Star Wars parody. Um, names are uh, Jason Frisbert and Aaron Setzler. They made – Epic movie and, and a bunch of horrible movies. I just want to tell these guys to go fuck themselves, uh, personally, from Dane. Uh, I know that you guys are listening right now. Um, you guys have destroyed spoof movies, and now you're going to go after Star Wars. I hope that you just eat a giant turd one day. That's all I have to say to you. Go fuck yourself. All right, that's it. Well, Dane, you always find a way to, uh, how can I say this, entertain the audience. Uh, <laughs> no, but all, all jokes aside, I, I think Star Wars, the only parody that should have ever happened for Star Wars was when Seth MacFarlane did. Uh, I thought that was the, that was the best. Spaceballs. Yeah. Well, Spaceballs also, Spaceballs also, but I'm yeah, saying yeah. Those, those two are the only spoofs we need Robot of Star Chicken. Wars. Robot Chicken was horrible. They oh, even made man. a joke about it in Family Guy, where Peter was like, Double, 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 double
15 minutes, and, and then Chris was like, well, people enjoy those 15 minutes. And then he's just like, yeah, I don't think they do. So that that was a nice little running joke that they had. Um, but, okay, I think we have a caller that wants to talk uh, a little Star Wars before no. we move on. Okay, well, we're going to skip our call. No. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's... You're on with Geek Vibes. Who are we speaking with? Hi, this is Dominique. What's going Hello? on? Yes, yes. Hi. You want to talk How are you guys? We're good. Good. Um, so did- well, I was just calling in because I'm a Star Wars fan, and I was enjoying you guys' conversation, so... So go ahead. I'm actually uh, nervous. Give it, no, don't be huh? nervous. Don't be. Give us your thoughts on on the Last Jedi. Well, I'm really excited about it. Actually, um, really, you know, trying to figure out, you know, on my part, like who would be the, like the Last Jedi. I always was thinking it was gonna be maybe Luke or Ray. Um, maybe Luke because you know he's been the Jedi, you know training Kylo, and now I think he's going to be training um, Rey and um, basically to fight Kylo, you know, and um, she would probably be the last one, you know, to prevail. Sadly, I'm still thinking that Luke might be killed as well, you know, because like you were saying, you have to, you know, end something then move on to the next, you know. I really don't want to see Luke get killed, but I think that's what's going to happen and. you know, that's just my my thought on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And thank you again for uh for for calling in. Luke dying is something none of us want to happen, but it's to me it's one of the inevitable. Um, it just it has to happen. It has to happen in order for these new three to have a fresh slate. Uh, right, right. Carrying on what the last big three did, you can create something fresh and new, and that's totally your own. And that's why I'm so, I'm mm-hmm. I'm sorry I'm sorry it, just, it needs to happen it needs to happen. Um, so yeah. last question before we let you go, uh, who do you think Ray's parents are? Oh, that's a good Chewbacca. one. <laughs> um, that is a good question. I think her parents could be. I believe there may be you know like the descendants of maybe Obi Wan. For some strange reason, because I don't think she's a Skywalker, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Agree. You know, I just don't think she is. For some strange reason, I just don't. Because it'll be too obvious, you know. It's gonna be a twist to it. It has to be a twist to it. Yeah. No. Listen, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think when you make it Skywalker, you're letting the fan base know that you're never getting away from the original six movies that right. you had. Now we have another mm-hmm. three that are Skywalker, and then potentially another three that are Skywalker. And I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, we've right. already we've already been to the highest of highs with the Skywalkers and the lowest of lows. We don't need anything exactly. else with Skywalker. But was there anything else yeah. you'd like to add about Star Wars? Um. Well. Um. I actually did enjoy Rogue One. I know I'm going backwards, but um, <laughs> I actually enjoyed that one as well. And I'm definitely looking forward to the last Jedi because after 
Force Awakens. After seeing Luke, I was just, you know, happy to see him. Like, even though he didn't say anything, but, you know, that look was enough. <laughs> Absolutely. So, that, yeah, that, that looks spoke uh, a thousand words. Um, thank you, it Dominique, was. for calling in. No problem, guys. Y'all have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, Dane. Um, we only have about a little over 30 minutes left, so lead us our CW topic. Woo! Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to talk CW, guys. So I'm going to basically go over each episode uh, a little bit, ask you how you liked it, and then I have a question for you. All right. So the first one. Um, I actually really enjoyed Supergirl this week. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that because, like, last week was good. This one was really solid. They really embraced sci-fi. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I've just been kind of getting sick of the whole them not going the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Veronica Mars route, and kind of going more the Gilmore Girls route. And it's even even with Arrow and just any of these shows with melodrama, if you don't have a reason for it, it just kind of gets annoying. But they had a very, very homage to Alien. Um, I love seeing uh, Martian Manhunter on this and just the whole story itself. I think that we're going to see the younger Miss Martian now. Like maybe he names an actual Martian that he founds uh, the same name and stuff like that. That's what I'm assuming at least. And she left at the end of it. But uh, it was a great episode overall. Um so basically, uh, I'll go to I'll go to Pete first. Uh, did you watch the, the newest episode of Supergirl? Yes, I did, and big fan. I love the White Martians. Uh, Good. No, I was just gonna say, and just attached to that. Uh, do you think that they should start embracing more sci-fi elements, like kind of Men in Black, and even like with this, with the whole alien aspects that they've been doing? Uh I don't know. I, I'm very curious, if, if, you know, on the subject of aliens, like who these people are that are hunting down Monel, uh, you know, these weird-looking guys in the space mask or whatever it is, the no-face kind of guys that we saw in the initial crossover episode, like the very beginning of it. Um, yeah. I, I thought, like, the goo on the ceiling where they kind of, you know, scotch tape their, the clone, uh, whoever they're cloning – to the ceiling and it kind of makes sense that they can't kill them because they're copying them. So that, that was a nice way around. Like, why didn't they just kill them and eat them or something that most fans would be asking. Uh, I've been a white Martian fan ever since the Grant Morrison run on just when it first started, like back in the mid nineties. And they, you know, they came down as uh, like this imposter justice league of sorts. Like they were better than the justice league and, it was Batman eventually who figured out, oh, shit, they're afraid of fire. They're white Martians. Uh, so that was a really great story, and I, I love this episode because I'm, I've always been one to say that Martian Manhunter is such an underrated character in not only the show but the entire DC universe. I love when this dude is on the screen, when he's actually all CG'd out and everything and watching him fight. And just the fact that nobody really realized that he's still underused in this show He's as strong as Kara. It's not stronger. And a lot of people tend to forget that. And it was reminded of it when they had the the death of Martian Manhunter back in, uh, what was that that ridiculous story, Infinite Crisis. And he had a whole bunch of DC villains, like, attacking him and everything. And he's like, you won't forget, I'm as strong as Superman. And then he died, which kind of sucked. (laughs) But... Yeah, I remember I, that. Yeah, that was a great issue if he just didn't die. Like, 
I, you know what? I'm just on the subject of Manhunter. One thing they haven't added to the character on the show is his love of Wario. I don't know how many people remember that. Yeah. He loves cookies. Yep. And that's something I'd like to see. But now we have Ms. Martian leaving. We're also going to probably have Kid Flash leaving the show in a little while because the the rumor I have is Young Justice is forming at some point. This is like one of Greg Berlanti's future endeavors. Is he'd like to get uh, a whole little teenage team going. We may even get Roy Harper back as Arsenal. So who knows? As far as the show exploring more sci-fi aspects, I mean, Supergirl doesn't have a huge-ass rogues gallery the way some of the other villains do. I am happy they're bringing Luthor in with the battle armor and everything. And I would like to yep. see uh, Tyler Hoechlin, 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 whatever his name is. Uh, I thought he was a good Superman for the TV series. You know, a lot of people shit on him, but I thought he did good. And I'd like to see him come back as well. I just want more supervillains. I think that's what these shows need. I think that's what Flash landed on, ran with, no pun intended, and, like, they succeeded at it. With as many villains as humanly possible. No, I, I agree with that, and um, I've I've loved the White Martians since like the Hyper Clan, just like you said with the old Grant Morrison stuff. I just I loved the way that they used it. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll go on to uh, Joel. How did you like the episode? Uh, I liked it a lot. I, I got a I got a feeling of the thing while watching it. Um, yeah, which had that had that feel to it, which like made me like it even more. And I'm a big fan of the Martian Man. I honestly, like, his reveal in the first season is what kept me watching the show. Yeah. For as long as I'm like, wow, that was, like, awesome. And they use him really well, even though they don't use him enough. And that's mainly because of budgeting restrictions. <laughs> so he's always in his human form, which is annoying. But what are you going to do? But, yeah, the, the episode itself was really good. The show, um, it's not a terrible. I don't think it's a bad show. I just don't think it's the best of the CW shows. Right. But, yeah, this one was one of their yeah. better episodes. I was definitely, uh, they just got to keep this up. Well, last night, this week's episode, I think it was pretty good. That's what happened. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And just going back to, like, that Young Justice comment, just the only the only thing that I find weird of them going for that is that the girl that played Miss Martian, she was, like, I want to say oh. 45. Um, so they, that's why I think that maybe they'll be introducing a younger actual Martian female and kind of go with that maybe this season or next season with John Jones. But that's an idea. Joan, how'd you feel? Um, I, I've, I've stressed this, that I wasn't a huge fan of Girl in season one. Um, I barely finished it. Um, and I thought the strongest point of this season was Superman. Um, I don't think, yeah, to start, I don't think the show has kind of catered it to where it can survive without her having more interactions with Superman. Um, unless you keep things like this up. Uh, and I think we, when you added in Martian Manhunter, we were expecting to see him help her in battle as Martian Manhunter more often. Or what are you using him for? Um, it, it's quite like, it reminds me, pretty much, it reminds me of having Ragman on Arrow. He's literally the strongest person you have on that team. His power rivals Superman. And you're using him to what? Stop bombs and shit? Like, it's Gotta such a waste. No it's such a, exactly. Now we don't have to worry about that anymore. But it's such a waste of a great character. So to get back to Supergirl, um, the episode was great. I just need more episodes like this. 
or me quite like their rating will definitely fall away. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think, like, Dane made a great point. It, it started to get too much Gilmore Girls. Like, it turned into a typical CW show is, is what is what happened. A typical uh, yeah. teenage girl drama show yeah. instead of a superhero that could literally kick anybody's ass. And when you started to get away from that, that's where it really started to kind of go down. But this musical crossover is a great chance to kind of bring it back, way back up. Um, I know Joelle hates musicals, but it's a chance to bring it way back up to uh, the prominence where I think it should be with that great of a cast. Yeah, I think that they need to get some of the developers from uh, iZombie, at least, uh, to help out. It definitely needs to have more of an action female uh, than that, but it doesn't matter. But, Gerald, uh, why do you hate um, musicals? What's, what's your gripe against musicals? No, not Gerald, Joel. Oh, Joel. Gerald, what is your gripe with musicals, even though you don't have a gripe with musicals? <laughs> um, well, for the upcoming Flash and Supergirl crossover, I'm still pissed they didn't cast you know, Neil Patrick Harris. I guess they figured, you know, since, uh, you know, Grant Gustin and I believe her name is Melissa Bonetta Bonice, whatever her last name is, you know, they, you know, because they're from Glee, they casted, uh, you know, an ex, you know, Glee alumni to play Music Meister. But, I mean, I love the CW shows. To me, you know, Supergirl, you know, had a strong start. It's still going strong. Like when it first premiered on CBS, the pilot alone had more viewers than, you know, the whole season of The Flash and Arrow combined. So, I mean, the show is still going strong. I mean, everybody had their hopes up that Monel was going to be um, Superboy. They already confirmed that it's not because he can get killed by human bullets. His weakness is lead. You can like which is irritating to me because you can basically hop any bounds that you want. You can jump over buildings. You have super strength, super speed. But you mean to tell me you basically can't run into a bank and stop robbers because you're gonna die of bullets? He's basically like I would say he's a, he's a meta human. That's an alien. He's a meta alien, we want to call him. Like, how do you want to be super, you know, girl's partner, but bullets work on you like it worked on humans? So, I mean, they kind of confirmed he wasn't Superboy, which I'm glad. I love the hint at um, Lex Luthor's armor. I can see that Lex Luthor's mom is probably going to don that armor to, you know, take on Supergirl or... You know, Lena Luther is probably going to don it to take on somebody. They made Martian Manhunter in this show, like, more aggressive. Like, if you if you watched any of, like, the DC animated shows, he's you could clearly tell, like, because he's voiced by black men, he has that calm, cool collective. Like, he's like that, that calm black guy that's in a corner that gives you, like, words of wisdom. They didn't make him like this. They made this him, like... I guess because he took on the characteristics of Hank Kidshaw, it made him like a disaggressive type father type to Supergirl and um, her adoptive sister. And you know, I, I like the nod to like you know, the you know the gay rights community how they made 
uh, what's her name? What's Supergirl's sister name in the show? Um, Alex. Alex, yeah. I like the how they made Alex, you know, gay and stuff like that. That was, like, a cool, they added, like, you know, gay diversity in there and stuff like that. One thing I don't like is I can understand, okay, they did a different take on Jimmy Olsen. Like, okay, yeah, you made him smooth. You made him suave. You should have just kept him like that. The fact that you made him a guardian, that was stupid. Like, if you – like – if you was going to make a Jimmy Olsen, it should have been the guy who played Wynn, and then you could have had the black dude play the Guardian and stuff like that. But I think, like, you know, with the rumors going around, cause because TNT dropped um, the, the Teen Titans project, the Teen Titans project, is, they, WB still wants to do it, but they haven't found a network yet. So with Miss Martian, you know, leaving Supergirl, you know, um, Rags, he left Arrow, basically. He's probably going to be gone off of Arrow for a while. And then you got, you know, Wally West probably is going to leave, you know, the Flash soon. You, you, you're, they're building up. I guess they're hinting that there's going to be something. Because if you really look at it, though, they already introduced Young Justice cast. I mean, you got Monel, who basically has powers of Superboy, except that he's not bulletproof. You know, you got the speedster. You know, you got the Miss Martian. Next thing you know, you you have, they they're gonna introduce Batgirl and uh, Oracle in the in this season of Supergirl. So maybe they'll be the Robin of you know that Young Justice show that or the Teen Titans show that you know WB still wants to do. But I want to see a crossover. With uh, once the season gets happening, I want to see a crossover with uh, Black Lightning. I want to see that. Yes. Yeah, that would be really cool. I hope because if y'all read the comics, he is the you know the mentor of Static Shock. So I hope within that you know Black you know Lightning series, they do introduce Virgil. You know, Virgil gets like he Virgil becomes his partner you know, later on in the show or maybe later on in the seasons, and then we get, like, um, that adds more members to, like, the, the new Teen Titans show that they're eventually going to do. And then, you know, I'm not hoping that Virgil gets his own TV show, but maybe, you know, since Black Lightning is going to have his own show, they'll introduce Virgil and stuff like that. They'll introduce, you know, Bean Babies and stuff like that, you know, have team-ups yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, well, let's, I'm let's, looking let's forward to that, all that, though. For sure. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get to it uh, eventually. I, I think that the Titans thing's possible. Um, but let's go to Flash. Um, so Flash had a great episode this week too. Um, I really, in- I keep on saying I really enjoyed it. It's like I'm, that it just rolls off the tongue uh, because it's true. Uh, Iris almost died again, which I'm kind of getting sick of that concept a little bit. But I guess I gotta you know build up towards it or whatnot. Um, so I, I'm just gonna ask you guys a couple questions. Um, is Iris going to die as, to, as part of it? What do you think of the episode, and what do you think about Gorilla Garad coming in next week? Uh, Juwan. Um, Well, as you know, I have been hoping that Iris would die for the longest since evidently... <laughs> God, you're an evil uh, person. I'm sorry. Since, since they won't kill Felicity off, Iris is the next, next best choice. 
They have to kill um, people. What's wrong Juwan. with you? Jesus. Juwan, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but the showrunners already confirmed that they're not going to pull an arrow. So they basically already confirmed that Iris will not die at the end of uh, season three. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I was just about to say, like Joel's been telling me, it's been so much in your face that that's like a guarantee that it's not going to happen. <laughs> and I will say this, Dane, you can attest to this. I say this all the time. But I will stop watching Flash if Joe dies. That'll be possibly Joe's gonna fucking die. No, I'm not. We're not doing that again. You you say you're gonna stop watching shows all the time for different reasons, and that never happens. So if if Joe dies, you're full of crap. You're gonna end up watching the show again. I know it. I know you. Of course. Of course. Every time. I've said that with every TV show that's that's comic related. Ah, that's bullshit. I'm done. And then you guys are like, so what did you think of the episode uh, the next week? I loved it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you're so full of shit. I am full of shit. But Killing Joe is possibly the most bullshittiest move you could pull ever. I'd rather Cisco I die. I don't think so. Don't kill Joe. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Don't kill Cisco. What do you mean don't kill Cisco? Don't kill Joe. Even though Cisco has the best hair on the show. But, okay, so to wrap it up. Legends of Tomorrow. I'll look at it like this. Flash was an amazing episode. I love them adding in uh, the guy from Harry Potter. He's obviously going to die. Savitar is going to kill him. That's um, super Fulton? obvious. Uh, yeah, 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 whatever. Fulton, Folden, whatever. Julian? Um, Julian. 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 Um, Malfoy. Wally, Malfoy. There you. <laughs> Wally cannot leave the show because, to me, he has become more important to the show outside of Barry than anybody else. And for you to have him go, I need you to then give me Jesse Quick. And I don't think they're going to do that. So I, I, I'm not okay with Wally leaving. But it was a phenomenal episode. Uh, the only thing that bugged me was when uh, that guy that can kind of, like, destroy you by touching you, when uh, Iris goes and then he stops and then she continuously stood there. I was just like, who the fuck does that? Like, he's trying to kill you. You should be, like, running or something. But I thought it was a really good episode. I can't wait for Gorilla City to see the Speedsters versus Monkeys. That's going to be so dope. Gorillas, apes, humans, whatever. I can't wait to see this shit go down. Apes on horses. Uh, Joel, how did you feel? (laughs) It was a great episode. Again, Flash is consistently good most of the time anyway. Uh, This is a good episode. It It was all right. I mean, I like the whole rivalry there between Flash and and, and Kid Flash, and uh, that whole like uh, what the uh, Joe's girlfriend, her daughter was really big uh-huh. and Wally, not Wally, but Kid Flash and shit. Like he's only been doing it for like a week or whatever. And she's like, oh, he's the real hero. I'm like, really? He Flash has been Flash for like two years now. But whatever. <laughs> Millennial. But um, <laughs> <I'm gonna play laughs> <on. laughs> but like um. It was a good episode. Like it was kind of weird seeing him phase a whole damn train. I didn't think that was possible, but you know, it is. It's a flash show. I make it happen. I, I think he's done it in the past. I just, I've never actually read an issue where he phased something that large, you know, and anything other than himself. So that was different. That was dope to see, though. Yeah, it was really cool to see. That was very weird. But yeah, yeah, like, like you guys are talking about. I don't think Iris is gonna die because they keep keeping it. I think, I think someone will die. I just don't think it's going to be her. 
at this point. And I'm not sure. I'm scared. I hope it isn't Joe. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be anybody. Honestly. It might be Killer Frost. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. It might, it might be uh, Malfoy, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pete, how, how did you feel about the episode? Joe's going to fucking die, man, and I'm really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you now. Don't say that. I'm sorry, but you knew as soon as he asked Barry straight up, was it Iris that died? And Barry's like, yeah. You know he's already planning on jumping in front of that bullet yeah. one way or another. And I'm very upset by this because I like Joe a lot. He's one of my favorite characters. He's just got that kind of smooth, cool, like no matter what's going on. I get upset for a little while, but then I calm down and everything's great. And I'm going to solve this problem. Like, I, I don't know, man. I like Joe. And I agree with you. Throw Cisco right under the bus. Fuck him. And Iris, Whoa. to fuck my father, Iris is as useless as tits on a bull. I hate her. Get rid of her. Yeah. Bring back, what's her name? Who was the, um, who was the white girl with the fat ass? I forget her name. Oh, yeah. But bring her the fuck back to this show. Patty. Yeah. It was so Patty hot. Was Patty, yes. Bring her back. Please. Peace, Second of all, uh, I'm a huge Flash fan, and I have been since Michael Turner was doing the covers back in the early 2000s. Uh, I, Flash phased an entire airplane through a bridge, I think, in one of the issues of New 52. So that's kind of scene for scene, shot for shot. That was where that train scene came from. Um, and it, it's on the Pete's Basement Instagram if you want to go check it out. And it was uh, credit to World of Flash who originally posted it. It was really a cool scene, and uh, I remember that happening. I am looking very much forward to the Gorilla Grodd episode. Grodd has been one of my favorite villains ever since Super Friends back in the 80s. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really upset by Joe is going to die, and this hurts on a personal level. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Dane, Dane, before you throw it over to Gerald, can I just start a hashtag right now? Hashtag Patty with the fatty. Bring back Patty with the fatty. Bring back Yeah. Bring back Peace Fizzle. Peace Fizzle. Looking forward to it. All right, Gerald, how do you feel about Patty's uh, fatty? Oh, that's. Remember, we don't have a lot of time. An edible arrangement. Definitely an edible arrangement. But um, I was reading an article from the uh, Flash, you know, executive. They said there's a strong possibility that, you know, she'll be back for the end of uh, season three. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, the Speedsters versus uh, the Grillas and Grilla City. But this is how I think it's going to play out. I think it's going to be like um, Gorilla Grodd is going to take over Wally. And um, what's her face? Uh, Jesse Quick's mind, and it's going to be Flash versus Kid Flash versus Jesse Quick. He's going to have them fight each other before they get out that spell to go fight him. I think that's probably going to happen either in the first half of uh, the two-part episode or the last half. But I I think that's what's going to happen. I also think we're going to meet – who was one of the gorillas that was on a Justice League team? I forgot his name, but he was like a he was like a gray gorilla though. He was like he was against Gorilla Grodd. Forgot yeah, his name. I, I, Shit. Well, name? I, I think it's about. Solitar. Yeah, yeah, Solitar. Solitar. Yeah, they they're gonna introduce him in um 
I think in the one of the two episodes, but I, they they confirm him. But um, I I think he's gonna help them. I hope they bring in that the classic Justice League headband to get over Garad's um you know mind control. But I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And then I think after that, the next I think honestly crossover we're probably gonna see is uh the musical of Supergirl and uh, the Flash. So. That's basically what I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. Well, um, like we said, guys, we only have about like eight minutes left. Uh, this was an amazing show with an amazing roundtable. Um, so what I want to spend the last few minutes doing is I want to go over to Pete. And Pete, I want you to let everyone know where to find you and tell the world a little bit about your own podcast that you have. Guys, I just want to say this has been an absolute blast. Thanks for having me on. I had so Thank much you, fun man. talking about this. And I, shout out to the organization of like going around to each of the people, man. This is this is definitely something we can learn rather than just yelling at each other <laughs> back and forth. But uh, if if you want to check out, it's PeteBasement.com, and we do live shows every Thursday uh, on Periscope. We recently started doing Facebook Live and. We started doing snippets uh, through Instagram. Instagram only gives you, like, an hour live, so we try not to do that and just do, like, the story mode Snapchat style every now and then. But basically our whole claim to fame is we try to review as many number ones as come out each week as possible because God knows there are a lot of them. And comics are expensive these days, so we try to tell you what's good and what not to waste your money on because Marvel keeps putting out number ones left and right. And a lot of them, unfortunately are garbage. I have been just really wrapped up in a lot of dark horse and image lately. A lot of the indie titles that I never read when I was a kid because I was enamored with superheroes. But nowadays, and I don't know if I'm getting older and jaded or if I'm just really sick of the bullshit from Marvel and DC, but I find myself enjoying more along the lines of like Hellboy and creators like that, like Mike Mignola, uh, one of the best books I've read recently was Big Man Plans. And these are the kinds of books that we review, and we'll tell you, you know, how if, you, if we like them, if we don't like them, if we're going to give them a chance. Usually I like to do the three issues, and if I'm not in, then I'm done. Uh, Nail Biter has been one that we've really enjoyed recently. I would definitely say check out uh, one of our most recent videos was The Best of 2016, where Ramon, myself, and two of our guests, my boy Chris Craddock, rocket scientist ninja himself, and my boy Pete Hellers, who is one is one of the lead singers and guitarists in a band called Year of the Locust. He came down, and we just try to talk about all of the best stuff that you definitely should have read last year. So you can find that on YouTube. You can find it on our course site on peachbasement.com and. That's, we're pretty much everywhere, man. Uh, Peach Basement on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Peach Basement. And pretty much you just Google that and we'll come right up. And once again, guys, thanks for having me on. I had such a blast. I, I mean, absolutely, man. We appreciate you for uh, for coming on. We definitely have to do this more often. It was so much fun. Um, and we've, we've Dude, followed Dude, if you're you- ever around on a Thursday, my door's open. Come right down, or, you know, we can schedule a Friday or something. You're only over the pond in Jersey. Absolutely, man. That's definitely something we need to do. We also need to collaborate on a – we do something that we record for YouTube called 
at the movies with geek vibes what? where we go to see a premiere uh together and kind of review it right afterwards we definitely should get together for something like that that'd be an, an epic crossover um, down with that but like, but like i said we uh we followed you on all social media accounts um so we're following every move that you guys make and supporting it every step of the way um, and I'm just really glad that we had you on because it was a shot in the dark when I reached out to you. Because I'm like, ah, you know, these guys usually don't respond, yeah. you know. So I'm like, ah. And then when you did, I'm like, yes, we're going to make this happen and it's going to be happening. And it was. I try to respond as, as often as possible. Like I said, the Instagram message thing is a little hokey. So, to, truthfully, and yeah. for all you guys listening, the best way to reach us is questions at peachbasement.com and it's forwards to all of our respective emails and that's at least i'm guaranteed to get that because the instagram shit uh i'm it it says uh pending requests and it doesn't let you message somebody if like let's say if you know you're not following them or something like that and i don't always notice that so i'm sitting there and it's god knows how many messages i've had to reply to that are a couple of weeks old so it's right and that that was an unfortunate thing but i'm glad i saw yours almost immediately and you know i got back here and we were able to do this absolutely because this was so much fun and um i i do want to give a shout out to kanan who had to step away and uh wasn't able to get back and be back next week i also want to shout out kanan because kanan got the guy who played tony todd right who played who voiced i'm sorry zoom uh last season of flash candy man to like and retweet our invite to coming on the show possibly next week right. to talk to Flash. And he also got Mark Mark Hughes, um, who writes for Forbes, uh, who was actually reporting on the Batman situation. Uh, he got him also interested in joining our show in the next couple of weeks. So Kanan's been working really hard for us uh, on Geek Vibes. Uh, that'll be two huge guests for us to have on our show. And Pete, if we can get those guys on, man, we'd love to have you on to ask some questions of your own if we could possibly get those guys on. So I will definitely keep you posted on that. Um, but I wanted to make sure I didn't forget Kanan because I would have, and I almost did. Um, <laughs> so I had to make sure I could make you shout out. Um, but this is, like I said, this has been a great, great episode. And as organized as this episode seems, it takes a lot of work because we all could talk for hours. It takes a lot of work to get everyone to go, okay, four minutes, pass it on. So, um, Dane, as usual, I always throw it to you in the most uncomfortable manner. Um, <laughs> close it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, close it out. All right. Um, Hey guys, I hope you had a great time tonight. We had a great time listening with you. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're just guys talking about shit and shit. Uh, obviously, you, you you realize that because you listen to us. If you didn't listen to us, you're a prick and you can't hear that. So it doesn't matter. So, anyways, just want to thank everyone for coming out tonight. You know, between Pete and uh, Juwan, of course, and um, Joel and Gerald and and Kanan and Michael and Tom and that one female that called in. Forgot what your name was. I'm sorry. Thank you very much for calling in. Dominique. Dominique. There you go. They knew what it was. They got my back. Either way, have a good night. And also, remember, Wednesday night, plug, 8 o'clock, we have Wrestling Geek Alliance. It's me, Chris, and uh, Juwan's show. We go over pro wrestling. Definitely call in. How to do that plug. 
Either way, have a good night. You gave me way too much time. I'm, I have like a minute 30 that I, I'm looking at. Like, uh, all right, but what can we talk about? Um, so one time, could sing. Uh, un- unfortunately, I was driving, and the night, the night before, I ate uh, two protein bars for dinner, and uh, I woke up after drinking a lot of beer, and I actually crapped my pants on the uh, on the highway. So it was a horrible, horrible epidemic. Uh, oh, so uh, bad story. All right. Uh, anyways, yeah. So <laughs> thank you guys. You have a good time. We're gonna cut it a minute short. We got everything out. Um, yeah, that's it. Fuck yeah, Viking Foundation. <laughs> no, that was that this was what you get. <laughs>